A sequence I am all too familiar with is a company receives a demand letter or a complaint is filed against them in court alleging that their website is inaccessible and therefore in violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. That company procures a manual website accessibility audit. Their team makes progress in remediating some of the issues found in that audit. Uh, progress eventually comes to a halt. A second demand letter is received or a second complaint is filed and that company becomes extremely frustrated with the results. So let's talk about why audits can be so overwhelming. So an audit typically consists of 10 to 20 pages of your website. And these pages are usually going to be the primary user flow, the most trafficked website pages, and or the uh, the primary uh, page layouts for the website. So let's take the example of an e-commerce website. This, this could be the home page, the product page, the cart page, the checkout page. Um, it could be the registration page, the account page, etc. And so the audit is going to return optimally all of the accessibility issues that are found on or that exist on these pages. I say optimally because it really depends on the organization you, you go with. Um, you want to choose a reputable organization because you are going to get the best, the highest quality audits. Some audits are not nearly as high as quality and so you want to avoid um, any organizations that recommend or sell an overlay widget or um, freelancers like those found in Fiverr, etc. And so you will have all of the accessibility issues, but what's important to note is that there are any number of instances of those issues. So let's say the accessibility issue is alt text, but then there are 100 instances where you have images that are either missing and a null alt attribute or are missing alt text. And so we have, let's say, 25 accessibility issues. Of those 25 issues, 10 may have 50 instances across your website. And that sounds like more than it is because keep in mind that when we are uh, making these changes on one page template that in most cases they will be applied um, site-wide. So, but this the point of this is that there are many different accessibility issues to work through and then you need to account for all of the instances where those issues are found. Um, and so what is problematic about an audit is there is a disconnect and that disconnect happens because there is one technical expert who is finding the issues and then there is someone else who they are likely not communicating with that is remediating those issues. So ideally, if, if, this was, if the audit process was truly efficient and effective, it would happen all at once because then the, the disconnect wouldn't exist. The issue would be found, the issue would be fixed. But as it stands, the issue is found and then later it is uh, fixed by someone else. And um, not only that, but one, there's an asymmetry in experience and knowledge. The technical expert is an expert in accessibility, um, but the, the people remediating it, remediating those issues typically are not experts in accessibility, so they have a learning curve to undergo. Um, now, audits also, um, there, may be, there may be some prioritization of issues found in the audits, but it's usually not as specific as you would like. So what typically happen, happens is there's a grouping 
of severity. So let's say some issues are labeled critical, some lab issues are labeled urgent, um, some lab issues are labeled important, etc. Um, but there's typically not a one, two, three, here is exactly the order that you should, um, you should remediate these issues. And this can be problematic because you need to know which issues are most commonly claimed in litigation so that you can preempt any litigation um, and, and take care of those accessibility issues that are most commonly litigated because there's no, there's no reason not to take care of accessibility issues that can give rise to litigation um, first and then take care of other accessibility issues that aren't nearly as common in litigation second. And then there's also the matter of delegation. So organization is such a big part of accessibility and many organizations, many companies are unaware of all of the different um, things that need to be kept in mind uh, or, or um, initiated when accessibility begins. So um, you could, it could be a matter of who takes care of what and when. What pages are we working on first? How many people do we have assigned to this? Does, does the developer have all of the knowledge? Who has permission to work on what? Who has the authority to make the changes live? There are so many different considerations that I think a lot of, a lot of companies are unaware of that they need to make when they receive an audit and they actually start working because, I mean, it's important to keep in mind that the audit itself does not reduce your risk of litigation. It's only when remediation occurs that um, the, the risk of you receiving a demand letter or having a complaint filed against you um, begins to go down. So in this next column on the whiteboard, I have your team and some other items you have to be aware of is your team is likely working on other projects. So then you have to decide, do we stop work on those projects? Are we going to work on those projects while we also work on um, accessibility? Um, another, another consideration is, are we making other changes to the website? Um, is the website undergoing a redesign? Are we uploading new content? Are we updating different sections of the website? Because if we are, we are making some of the accessibility issues that are found in the audit inapplicable. And in, and in effect, we are making the wet, the, we are reducing um, how effective the audit will be because some of the issues that are found in the audit will no longer exist on the website and new, new issues may be introduced. So these are all important things that can be happening because audits are being performed over time. They are not performed in one day. They, are, they, are, they happen over time. So it's important to keep in mind that you may have your audit, an audit may, you may hire someone to uh, perform an audit on the first of the month and you may not get that audit back until the 30th. And in that meantime, if changes are being made, it can really affect the results of the audit and uh, create confusion down the line. So these are all, everything I have talked about is why I have created the, the ADA compliance course. And so I have an arrow uh, drawn down from the items I just listed uh, that your team needs to take into account. And I have another um, arrow pointing from the three issues, the disconnect, the prioritization, and the delegation um, that can make the, uh, the audit process and the remediation process so overwhelming. All of these considerations are um, 
that have been incorporated into the ADA compliance course. And so I will talk about the ADA compliance course in another video, but information for uh, the ADA compliance course can be found in the YouTube description below.